Today's episode of Brody and the Beard is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to brody.robinhood.com. That's brody, B-R-O-D-I-E dot Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, our man on the ground, the guy who's got the eyes and ears everywhere in Houston, Kelly Eco, beat writer. We got Sasha Shaw, our producer, making sure we sound great, making sure we don't screw anything up, although eventually I probably will screw something up and uh, she'll have to edit that out later. But that seems to be more of a Sasha problem. On today's show, we're going to cover the Rockets' win against the Denver Nuggets. We're going to talk about Russ's shooting or not shooting, Harden attacking the rim. We're going to talk about the small forward battle and their upcoming road trip. But before we do that, I always like to ask, Kelly, how you doing? Wait, wait, Mo. Did you say the Rockets win? Yeah, dude. It was, it was, it was not, wow. not just a win, Kelly. It was a blowout. Wow. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of a rarity around these parts these days, but um, yeah, they they won the game, so I guess everyone there was uh feeling good. But it wasn't just. I mean, let let's start with the obvious thing too. Like, look, the Nuggets had a ton of injuries. Uh, it felt like half their roster was out. It was really Jokic and a bunch of guys. Uh, I think I might have played five minutes last night. I'm not sure with how with how bad that game was for them. But that said. Regardless who was on the court, the Rockets needed this win badly. Yeah, and you know, coming off of the uh, the four game losing streak, and you know their super long film session, they they kind of went into this game, you know, knowing that it was a must win because if you had lost to Jokic and the and the G League All Stars, well, I mean, now we're having some real questions about you know this team's direction. But give them credit that they controlled the game from start to finish. I think defensively, one of the keys of the game was turning defense into offense. Two of the main points of their film session were transition defense and rebounding. And I asked Coach about, you know, the importance of attention to detail 
in games like this. And he kind of said that, look, we haven't been getting back on defense. We haven't been controlling the glass. And those are two things that go a long way, you know, to determining the outcome of a game and give them credit where credit is due. They defended well. They got stops. Russ was good. Eric Gordon was great. James kind of deferred a bit. The, the team as a whole looked pretty good last night. Across the board, I mean, they, they had a great second quarter. They held the Rockets to, excuse me, they held the Nuggets to 15 points. They they were kind of all over the place. And, you know, even though it was, we joke, you know, Jokic and the G League All-Stars, we've seen the Rockets lose to pretty much G League team in Golden State. So it wouldn't be have been the most unsurprising thing. It would have been disappointing, but it was it was but let's focus on the positive stuff because this was a good win. It's a good kind of after a tough week, really week and a, almost two weeks. Like it's it's nice to get in that winning feeling that that groove. I want to talk about two of the guys, two, basically the two main guys. I want to talk about Russ's game. You know, you touched on it. Him kind of attacking a lot more. It was interesting. And our guy Ali Khan had a tweet today saying that hey, Russ has only shot one three in the over the last three games. You know, where's that coming from? Is that a Russ thing? Is that the coaching staff? Is that a combination of those guys trying to tell him like, yo, maybe you want to dial that back a bit? Uh, it's certainly a Russ thing. Coach D'Antoni and the staff obviously, you know, stress spacing the floor and, and three-point shots. But D'Antoni said, look, Russ came up to him and said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm great at. And they're allowing him to do his thing. They're allowing him to express himself. Because they know that he's one of the league's best at finishing around the rim, pushing the ball on the fast break, taking advantage of smaller matchups, you know, and just imposing his will. And if he's not that good of a three-point shooter, why try and shoehorn him to this role where you know he's not the greatest at when you do know what he can do? So I think it's more of, you know, the Rockets kind of being flexible a bit with him, you know, allowing him to ease his way into the team by playing to his strengths. So I think so far so good in that aspect. Now, obviously, there will be times in the playoffs or something where you do need to, you know, hit an outside shot. But for now, X's and O's be damned. They just need some wins right now. And and that's how it's getting it done. Right. And, you know, just to continue on with Ali's tweet, Russ is shooting 60% at the rim over these past three games. And that's a big lift and, and and a big boost for them. And and the really the important thing too is, you know, felt early on like trying to fit a, a square peg around a, a round hole, you know, and, and it just wouldn't quite fit no matter how you distorted it. Letting Russ be Russ is is looked good. And even in the games they've lost, like he's been great. Like I thought he's played some really some of his best games. It's just has it kind of turned into win. So I think that's a real positive thing in that sense. And then I want to talk about, I want to transition over to, to Harden because it was actually kind of funny last night. You're tweeting out while I'm cutting out a video of the same play where Harden, you know, cuts back door after giving up the ball. Uh, he gets trapped in the corner, kicks it out. Do you remember who passed it to him? I can't off the top of my head. Uh, it was Cephalosha. Cephalosha. Kicks it out to Cephalosha. The defense, everybody turns to readjust. They're, they're shading Harden to basically take him away from the three-point line. And, you know, he just cuts right back door. Cephalosha hits him with a nice bounce pass for a backdoor layup. And this kind of goes along with what I've been saying of like, man, I want to see more movement from Harden. I think he'll make things easier. I think he'll open stuff up, not just for him, but for the Rockets in general. And 
it was nice to kind of see all of that come together. Yeah, Coach D'Antoni said uh, Harden made a note or a concerted effort at least to attack the paint, you know, given Denver's lack of rim protection and also given, you know, the Nuggets' propensity to send doubles his way. Now, obviously, smart defensive teams will want to prevent, you know, too much off-ball movement because that is a very simple and easy way to break double teams when you, if you don't have the ball. A team will not send two defenders at you when you don't have the ball because that would be just crazy. It, it also helps the Rockets' offense because it gives Harden easier looks if he's moving around. It forces the defense to almost go back to single coverage. You know, for Harden himself, it's as you, as you saw how he scored is around the rim. He's also a good finisher at the rim, just like uh, Russ. So I think you should look for more of that. I think that would do the team some good. Just seeing that you don't always have to revert to contested 28-foot stepbacks all the time. Coach, there was a six-minute stretch in the second quarter where you guys forced about six turnovers and Denver went over eight in that stretch. Is that kind of what you want to see more and more often? Yeah, I think that was probably against their depleted group, <laughs> but, but it's better. Uh, we did a few things better. I thought the offensively was a little bit better. Um, but, you know, we're still working through some things, and we're getting there. We'll get there. And, and also there was a time when, when Harden was trapped and he – pass the ball and then you cut to the basket. Is that also a way to beat the traps as opposed to just Yeah, maybe if they let you. I mean, it is if they overplay it and you can backdoor, but a lot of times teams don't let you do that. I'm, I'm sure James is looking to do that when he can, but yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a way, but most of the time when he passes, they, they really stay under him and they don't let him cut backdoor, but you know, if it happens, it happens. He didn't take as many threes as he usually does. Is that by design? No. Or is it by, by, by what the defense was doing? It wasn't doing? by my design. It might have been by his design. I don't know. He had to ask him. But <laughs> I mean, the better question was that Dick He was just, I think he was making a point of trying to drive. And, and they, you know, Yoki is not a great rim protector. You know, it's a little different if you got no bear or somebody in there. You've got you know, you to play the game. And the game dictated it's better to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? Yeah, just, just make the game easier. Just just get some easier looks, and I think we'll see a proved percentage across the board for Harden. I mean, not that he can't have an efficient game doing what he does, but just a little easier. Maybe it takes a little – this might sound weird because he's moving around more, but it's a little of a, less of a burden on him to have to deliver everything. And, and maybe that keeps him a little more fresh moving forward and, and keeping things flowing because it's just – Man, sometimes it's just so damn hard when I watch him. And and he might make these shots over double teams and things like that, but you're expending so much energy in that regard. I, I it, That's what worries me a bit, and that's something that I, I get really excited when I see this stuff. And, and you guys can understand, Rocket fans, whenever that happens, just understand there's a smile on my face. That's That, that makes me happy. I, I think it's a good thing for the Rockets. I think it's good for the offense moving forward and everything going along with that. I think one thing, and I'm, and I'm going to throw the curveball at you because I, I like to do that to you from time to time, Kelly. We do got to talk a little bit about Eric Gordon's game off the bench, too. I mean, yeah. 25 points, 29 minutes. I mean, he shot six to eight from three. I mean, he how's he looking now that we're getting more and more? I think it's been about a month now that he's back. How's he looking? How's, how do you feel like he's fitting in? I think he was due for one of these games just because I think the two games before he had shot four for 17 from three. 
and Gordon, like Harden, is a rhythm player. You know, he does need to see a couple go in that he can get going. He hit six of eight threes last night. When he's on fire or when he's rolling like that, it makes them look that much better because now you can throw in the three-guard lineups he likes to use. You can go to small ball knowing that you're going to actually hit your outside shots. Gordon is a sneaky good playmaker, and he's a sneaky good finisher at the rim as well. And he just gives them a third dimension, you know, to their attack. You know, the more and more he gets the games under his belt from uh, returning from knee surgery, um, I think the better he's going to be and the better the team will be in the end. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that's a good lift for them. I think, you know, it's an important guy to get back. We'll see also how he'll do in a, how he'll help in a small ball lineup if he can get a little healthier. The other thing too, you know, are we going to see a little more Cephalosha in the lineup? Uh, I know he didn't play I don't much. No, he he he's been um, he's, he's getting playing he's getting minutes. more as of late. Yeah, yeah, he's getting minutes. He's getting off the bench, and he's he's actually you know hit some some timely shots, which is, is any 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 boost at this point would be taken with open arms by D'Antoni and the coaching staff, you know, because they need any kind of boost they can get whether it comes from Gordon, where it comes from Austin Rivers, who had a good game, where it comes from Cephalosha, you know, they just need the second unit to help, you know, either keep leads, increase them, or get them back in games. And Cephalosha is a guy who, even though he's a bit, he's not the, the spring chicken he used to be in terms of, you know, perimeter defense, but he can still hit an outside shot. He's still, he's still pretty good at offensive rebounding. And he 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 has a, a very high IQ in terms of making the right pass, how to space the floor, and how to organize a team defense. So I think the more good Cephalosha you, you get, the better. Right. And then let's talk a little bit about the kind of what's going on with the small forward position. You know, it sounds like, you know, you brought it up to me more than anything else that a, a battle's a brewing. What's going on, man? Mike D'Antoni is somebody who, if he thinks something isn't working, he likes to get a different look. And it might not always be if something's not working. He just likes to see different things. And he wanted to see Ben in the starting lineup because the numbers suggested that he, you know, his plus minus was great. His net rating was great. His, his overall shooting splits as a starter were much better than coming off the bench. So he kind of wanted to get that a look, but obviously it comes at an expense of, you know, Daniel House moving up to the bench. But it also serves another purpose because if Daniel House is a kind of player, to me, he's he's a four who can play a three. He's like a tweener, kind of like Tuck. And if your whole if 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 a point of emphasis of this season is to get Tuck less minutes, you know, to, to save his legs a bit, playing House off the bench kind of does that. Although you could also do that while starting. But I kind of see D'Antoni's, you know, thinking in this in this aspect. But House is obviously a better defender, you know, than Macklemore. So it's kind of it's kind of a toss up between that position right now. D'Antoni has said that it's pretty fluid. This was like a I wouldn't call it an experiment, but he wanted to just get an extended run of games with Ben at the three to kind of see how it looks. Before you know, putting Dale back in because Dale was in a sl- he was in a slump of his own and he kind of needed to get out of his head a bit. That's kind of what's going on in that position. 
Gotcha. I mean, it's going to be interesting how that stuff shakes out. And these battles are actually something that takes place, you know, not just in games, but in practice. And it's a good nature thing. It's not like, you know, these dudes are actually fighting or whatnot. Like, it's a competitive thing. You both guys want to play. And I think there might be times where he's going to be able to play both. And I think it's interesting that D'Antoni wanted to see what Ben looked like at the three. And, and, and now's the time to try to experiment a little bit, especially in a blowout win when you're you have a comfortable lead, you feel all right, you could probably play around with that a little bit more. Kelly, we got a big road trip coming up here. You know, four games. What's the uh, the feeling here? Like, you know, for me, this is a good win for the Rockets, but it's a built-in block. They've ha- they have good wins in their pocket already. You know, I mean, they've beaten the Clippers twice, you know, and, and things like that, but they, they tend to kind of fall off. Like, we, we need to see the Rockets kind of put a good extended stretch. And if they can do that during this four-game road trip, I think starting in Minnesota, who's also struggling quite a bit, but if they can put a good stretch together here, like how much more comfortable are you going to feel? Harden actually touched on this, you know, because the Denver game was good, but for for it to be real, for it to not be fool's gold, you know, you have to show it on the road in tough environments. You know, the Denver Salt Lake back-to-back is one of the hardest back-to-backs in the league. It doesn't matter how good those teams are, how bad those teams are. Those are two very tough places to play. Um, the Rockets haven't always done great in Minnesota on the road, so that's going to be a big test too. And Portland, who is playing with a bit more juice, a bit more pep in their step. So this trip is going to be very, you know, it's going to be a huge indicator of where this team is mentally. Everybody always says it's easy to win at home, but on the road is where you show your true stuff. And if they can say go maybe three and one, you know, possibly four and oh on the trip, I think they'll come back to Houston with much better resolve, you know, a renewed focus heading into, you know, the trade deadline and, and upcoming all-star break. Yeah. And I think the interesting too is when it's not just this road trip, but they come back, they come off that and they have the, they have the Dallas Mavericks right after that. They have the Pelicans. I mean, those are those are two tough games. I mean, the Pelicans now with all the Zion hype and and everything that's going with that, I think it's really this whole six game stretch with four of them on the road. That's something where I really want to watch them, you know, play well. I want to see, you know, the, the thing about basketball sometimes is you can play great and still lose, but I want to feel okay about it. Like I want to look at the loss going like, damn, this could have gone either way. This was a a tough one or 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 whatnot, but. I want to see like just serious play out there and not what we've seen lately where it's been kind of a struggle where they'll go up big and blow a lead or things like that. You know, this is this is an important run. I think in this really six game stretch, like I want to see him go at least four and two, if not better. One thing I'm going to be looking for on this trip is how much Harden defers. Obviously, it looks better when Gordon is on fire and Russ is being Russ, but I want to see how much. Harden chooses not to force the issue. I think they could be even better than what they are right now if he does a bit more. Just because, you know, you do have two other guards and Russ and Gordon that can do a lot of what you can do in scoring, shooting, creating for others. So I want to see how much, if any, he takes a bit of a a step back, if you will. No pun intended. (laughs) How much he uh, allows. Russ and Gordon to kind of do that thing. 
Yeah. And I think this is also something we kind of talked about on the last pod of like, maybe, you know, there's a level of at a certain point, he does got to kind of step it back a little bit to let the other guys go. And, and this goes back to everything, making it easier for himself. And and if he lets those guys go, go nuts, it, it means more open opportunities for him, easier threes for him and, and things like that. So I'm I'm with you on that. That's going to be an important one there to see how long he kind of stays with that and where we go from there. Kelly, you got a new piece out today. Plug it a little bit and then let's let's get out of here. Yeah, I just kind of set the scene following what was it? Annoyingly long wait for practice, but you know, obviously it was needed for them to go over, you know, the fourth quarter collapse against the Thunder. But the mood following that session was what caught my attention. Obviously, you're not going to be as mad having had a time to digest the loss rather than you just talking 10 minutes after the buzzer sounded. The mood kind of carried over in the game against Denver. We saw them. I think you said it earlier in the second quarter, there was one six-minute stretch where the Rockets forced six turnovers and eight missed shots out of 12 or something like that, or, or out of 10 for Denver. And just kind of using that mood to build on defensive effort, defensive intensity, and if it's going to carry on or it's just if it's full scope. Everybody, go check that out. I think that's it for today, Kelly. You got anything else? Nope, just counting down the days till I'm back in L.A. Oh, boy. Habibi! <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, I man, might... that's, that's, that's my spot. That's my spot. We might, have, real... to, we might have to have a conversation here, Kelly. Um... The, real, the real ones, no. <laughs> All right. Well, for Kelly Eco, for Sasha Shaw, I'm Mo Dekeel. And in the words of our newest athletic member, we out. All right, all right, all right. All right.